Hello and welcome to Falmouth Vineyard's audio podcast. We're really grateful that you're joining us today. Our vision is to see Cornwall coming alive through the hope and freedom that Jesus brings. To find out more about who we are or how to connect with us, visit falmouthvineyard.org. We'd love to hear from you. So for those of you that uh, might not be aware, we're in a series at the moment uh, called Empowered. And uh, Nathan spoke to us a couple of weeks ago about how the Holy Spirit is a a revealer and how the Holy Spirit um, sort of empowers us. And we're we're looking at, you know, the theme of the Holy Spirit over the next few weeks in the lead up to Pentecost, which is is coming up at the end of the month, uh, sort of thinking Pentecost Sunday and and thinking about the events uh, that happened um, that we can read about in Acts. And... um, if you didn't hear that talk, it was really interesting, really, really good talk. So do catch up with it um, and have a, have, a, have a look at it. Really helpful kind of look at, you know, where we read about the Holy Spirit through, throughout the Bible, um, not just in, you know, the places where we expect it to be right the way through. So um, do check that out. But um, yeah, just going to throw out a couple of questions um, to start with. I wonder... Um, if you've ever had an unmistakable God moment in your life, has something happened in your life that you are 100% convinced it could only have happened because God intervened? We're going to talk today about Holy Spirit, uh, the healer, and we're going to look at a few, um, well, ha- in, through the Bible, um, what we read about in the Bible and how the Holy Spirit empowers and enables us um, to heal. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that in a bit. We'll dive in and then we'll also look at some kind of practical hints, tips as well, uh, as we're kind of ministering the power of the Holy Spirit and to heal. So, um, so that's the plan. But um, yeah, so I wonder if you've, you, you've ever had um, some incident in your life. It could be, could be healing, could be some answer to prayer that you know would not have naturally occurred through the ordinary course of events that only happened because God intervened. Some of you might have had God moments in your marriages. Uh, Maybe your marriage was absolutely dead. You lost all hope, but then God brought healing and broke in. You received a miracle, and now your marriage is actually strong. It's actually loving. Your only explanation for the change is that God did something. Maybe you've been in a difficult work situation where things have got incredibly tough, yet God broke in and turned things around. I remember when we moved back uh, to Nottingham, having been living in Cardiff for a few years, and I um, applied for a job that was like uh, felt kind of more than I, I should have been going for, and uh, but just in faith, kind of applied for it and. Um, and then uh, got the job, and I remember kind of starting this job, feeling like, "Oh yeah, God, you've uh, you've opened the way for this job for me," and uh, felt like I was kind of walking into, you know, what He was asking of me. And then um, very quickly, I discovered that I just felt really under—I felt underqualified. I probably was un- underqualified, and I felt really, really out of my depth. So much so that I just—I couldn't—I could barely face like getting up and going to work each day. It's incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, and I was working kind of right through before work and after work, trying to do all I could to kind of keep up. But also remember in the midst of it, we were just praying. We we're like, Lord, you know, it seems like you've opened this door. 
and and believe it's you know what what you're kind of wanting wanting me to do um, and was just praying fervently in that situation and then God just we just saw him turn things around it's just amazing kind of story of him just like changing things changing the atmosphere at work giving me what I needed each day um, and then I ended up in that job for like seven years or something in the end so um, just amazing answer to prayer um, there might be some of us here today who um, who might literally say the only reason why they're alive is because God intervened, um, because God stepped in to heal when there was no explanation apart from God breaking in. And many healings also happen through medical intervention. Someone has appendicitis and they go into hospital for the removal of their appendix. Someone has a psychiatric disorder and they are significantly helped through the assistance of a therapist and through medication. Someone has a torn ligament in his or her knee, and his or her knee is repaired through keyhole surgery. Praise God that we're living in a time of the significant improvement of the quality of human life through medical intervention. Um, you might not know we've got a lot of doctors in the room. We're like, so if anyone's, you know, we can pray. And we've also got medical um, experts as well, which is amazing. We need to thank God for that. We thank God for all the medical professionals, um, all the doctors and nurses um, and dentists. And uh, But we can also, as well as thanking God for that, we can also thank God for unmistakable God moments. Um, when, uh, for his, when his kingdom breaks in, bringing healing, where people are... Um, healed wholly without medical intervention. I've, I've just so you know, I've not. This, these aren't all my words today. I've um, I've kind of based the talk on an amazing talk by Rich Nathan, um, who uh, is a founding pastor of Columbus Vineyard in Ohio. So, um, so yeah. So a lot of what I'm speaking on is is kind of based on some of his notes. But um, in the vineyard, we use the term divine healing. Uh, rather than faith healing, because we always want to acknowledge um, and we want to focus attention and acknowledge on the, the source of any supernatural healing. That is God. It's not, our, it's not our level of faith or our spirituality. It's God who, who heals. It's the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about where the power comes from to affect a miraculous healing. How is it that we can be used by God to heal those who are unwell. It's, it's a pretty amazing thought, isn't it? Um, and as we're going to discover in just a moment, this power to affect any miraculous healing comes from the Holy Spirit. I don't want to talk for too long because I really want to have a go at this as well. So um, I'll, I'll, try and, I'll try and wrap it up as quick as I can. Um, before I launch into any more though, can we just pray for a minute? Holy Spirit, we, uh, we welcome you, and, and I pray that you would say exactly um, what we need to hear today. I pray that you'd open our hearts to you, Lord, and uh, anything that's from me, would it just fall away, Lord, and let um, whatever you want to speak to us, Lord, would just settle, that you would move in our lives, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, more of your power, more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so, yeah, going back to the word empowered, um, did a little, I know, Ruth, you like doing this little um, dictionary 
um, definition. So I thought I was thinking of you when I did the the word the word means to give someone the authority or power to do something. Empowered to give someone the authority or power to do something. And here in the vineyard, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that as followers of Jesus, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again. And we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit too. If you've been here a while, you might um, know that we often use the phrase, come Holy Spirit. uh, Both when we gather corporately together, but also when we go about our everyday lives as well. We just keep saying, come Holy Spirit. And the Bible uh, suggests that these God moments, these experiences of filling by the Holy Spirit are for empowering to do the works of Christ. We're not filled with the Holy Spirit for our private pleasure. The Spirit doesn't come to give us a spiritual buzz. The Spirit comes so that we might be empowered to do the works of Jesus. And apart from the empowering of the the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we cannot preach with effectiveness. Apart from the empowering of the Spirit, we cannot heal the sick. We cannot cast the demon out. And apart from the Holy Spirit, we cannot work justice. We need supernatural enabling, supernatural empowerment for ministry. And we see this in the Bible um, and all throughout history. And as Nathan spoke about last time, we see the Holy Spirit at work in both the Old and New Testaments. Do you remember that slide um, that we had up on the screen? I haven't got it, unfortunately, but we were looking at Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and then over to the right, the New Testament. And it was through Jesus that the Holy Spirit was ushered in to the age of the kingdom. Everything about Jesus' life was connected to the Holy Spirit. Everything. From his birth, it talks about the Holy Spirit in his birth, to his baptism, to his ministry, to his death and resurrection. As Jesus is praying at his baptism, the Bible says the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. From what we read in Scripture, Jesus' ministry uh, began after the Holy Spirit empowered him at his baptism. Um, we, we can read about his baptism in Luke 3, and it says Jesus himself, uh, yeah, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. And that's just, just after he's been baptized and the Holy Spirit descends on him. And the gospel writers very clearly say that Jesus' messianic ministry of teaching, healing, deliverance, working justice began with the coming of the Holy Spirit upon him. From what we read in Scripture, Jesus did not work any miracles before his baptism. And so there is a connection between the Holy Spirit who came upon Jesus at his baptism with the carrying out of Jesus' ministry. See, Jesus did all of his miracles as the Spirit-anointed one. Jesus worked his entire ministry as a man who was relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. And at every point in Jesus' life, we see the activity of of the Holy Spirit. So if this is how Jesus lived, dependent on the Holy Spirit, surely this is how we need to live too. Tom, in a sec, if you want to come up, Tom is going to read um, a passage for us. Um, uh, he, did, he knew about this about 10 minutes ago, so uh, thanks, Tom. Um, everything that Jesus did was in and through the Holy Spirit. So Tom's going to come up and read from um, Luke 4. If you've got your Bible or you've got an app um, with a Bible on, 
We're just going to read together from Luke 4, uh, verses 14 to 21. That's Luke 4, verses 14 to 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he, f- uh, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened upon him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amazing. Thank you. So um, so if we look, uh, as you've got your Bibles, we, we look at the passage, um, and there's the Holy Spirit in verse 14. It, it starts and it says, the power of the Spirit. And then in verse 18, uh, it says, the, um, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And then as it goes through on the passage, it's, it it essentially says the Spirit of, of God is given to preach, where it says he has anointed me to proclaim good news. Then the Spirit of God was given to deliver people. In verse 18, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. The Spirit of God was given to Jesus to heal people. In verse 18, recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free. And the Spirit of God was given to Jesus to work justice to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So as you remember, today we're talking about Holy Spirit, the healer. And if we look at how Jesus healed, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Luke 5, 17, it says, One day Jesus was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him, for Jesus, to heal the sick. Healing came through Jesus when the power of the Holy Spirit was present to heal, as it says in this passage. And if we read through the book of Luke, it's everywhere. It says in Luke 6, you don't need to find all these, but Luke 6, 17 to 19, it said, He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured and the people all all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Here Luke is pointing to the power of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God that the Jews had prayed about for for hundreds of years had come. The age of the Spirit was here. The um, anointed one, the bearer of the Spirit, was teaching and healing and delivering and working justice, bringing the year of Jubilee by the power of the Spirit. Jesus didn't heal people or deliver people or teach powerfully or work justice simply, simply because he was God. He could have done that, But that's not the way he did it. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit 
that he relied on the Spirit as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is a way that Peter sums up Jesus' ministry in Acts 10.37. It says, You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So this is how Jesus did it. So how are we as followers of Jesus to do the works of the kingdom and to heal the sick? We need to follow Jesus' example by the power of the Holy Spirit. As a side note, you might have noticed that um, a a few passages today that I've read out are from two books, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Um, You might not know, but Luke um, wrote both of those books, the Gospel of Luke and also the book of Acts as well. And the gospel of Luke is the story of what Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he ascended. And then the story of Acts is the second volume. And it is the story of what Jesus continues to do and to teach through his followers, the church. So if Jesus relied on the power of of the Spirit to heal, then what, what do we as disciples need in order to heal? Uh, In Acts 1, verse 4, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And then he goes on in verse 8 and says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If Jesus relied on the power of the Spirit, then we need the power of the Spirit. Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit. And how do we know what God's will is? We look to Jesus. Jesus said that we can expect to do greater works than these just by depending on him, which is incredible, isn't it? We can, do, we can expect greater things than what, what we read about yeah, that Jesus did. Um, just, I wanted to, to tell you a couple of stories. Um, I know we haven't got, haven't got loads of time, but, um, we, we recognize as well, I, I recognize and we're thinking and chatting to Louise about this, where, um, actually talking about healing is, um, there's like on the one hand being expectant for God to heal, but there's also the flip side where it could be quite painful, recognize it could be painful for um, for some of us as well, where we've prayed for healing, we've expected healing. Maybe you yourself have been praying for healing um, or, or like asking God for healing and it's not happened. So there's, there's this tension that we sometimes find ourselves in. Um, I, I mean, an in, I, I'd say an encouraging story um, that I felt like maybe the Holy Spirit kind of put into my mind because I wasn't planning this at all to talk about it. But... Um, I don't, a lot of you won't know, but um, my sister, who's five years older than me, uh, she had leukemia. She was diagnosed with leukemia when she was five. Um, and uh, she, um, she wasn't meant, she, she shouldn't have made it. She shouldn't have survived. Um, she, she went through one course of treatment, um, which uh, they kind of thought had worked, but then um, she relapsed. And uh, so it's incredibly, incredibly hard um, for uh, sort of my family kind of going through that. Um, and then um, I've just been, actually during worship, I was messaging my mom because I was like, oh, could you just remind me? But um, 
So, because I was only a baby at this point, but um, so 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 much so um, that we actually um, we were given a free holiday to um, to California. I'd forgotten about this, but we we went given a holiday to California because they thought that my my sister was going to die very very soon. So um, so we had this holiday as like a final farewell um, to my sister, and. Um, and my parents went, uh, wanted to go to um, to John Wimber's church to Vineyard Anaheim um, because um, some some close friends said, "Look, we need to get them to pray for my sister. We need, you know, we 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 don't know what else to do. Let's just go." So they queued, they went to to Anaheim, and um, we had this this holiday. We went to Anaheim. And they, they kind of queued up in this long line for John Wimber. They were like, we have to get John Wimber to, you know, to pray. And, um, and he said, uh, come back tomorrow. Um, I'll arrange a prayer team. They waited in this long line. And then he said, come back tomorrow. And they came back the next day. And a prayer team um, then prayed over my sister, laid hands on her. And, uh, and my mum said that it was kind of from that moment on that they felt this like surge of hope that she'd be okay. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, we kind of went back, uh, and then she had another course of, of treatment. It was a much stronger treatment. And, um, and amazingly, she's still hit with us today against, uh, I mean, praise God. Like she's, yeah, she's not like, she still has health, health problems, but, um, but she's still with us. And that, that is not, it, it shouldn't have been, that shouldn't have been the story, um, so uh, amazing, amazing story. But but also um, but also recognise that, that there was medical intervention there as well. So like God's hand was kind of in in the, with the medics that she had and the doctors. Um, but but also my sister, she said it. She believes it's God hand, it, God's hand over her life that enabled her to be here um, now, which is amazing. Um, and but then in the flip side, just a couple of years ago, we had a friend who. Um, uh, not our, our kind of age. I've shared this before. She had cancer. We had a team praying for her. We were praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. She was only young. She was a nurse. She had her whole life ahead of her, and um, and and she she died. Um, and it was incredibly incredibly difficult for us and everyone who had been praying. We we're like, Lord, like break in. <laughs> Uh, and it would have would have been her birthday tomorrow, <laughs> and she's not with us. So it's a tension. It's a real tension. But we know that the kingdom of God is only partially here. It's the now and the not yet, isn't it? And um. And this is where Jesus kind of says, we need to have the faith and we need to believe that God can heal um, and we need to trust and we need to pray for healing. But it, when it doesn't happen, we still need to trust that it, we're, we're only seeing um, that the kingdom breaking in partially um, because it's the now and the not yet. It's the now and the not yet of the kingdom. It's hard 
but we still need to, we, we've got to keep praying. We've got to keep praying. We've got to believe that God is in control to fully expect him to come and heal. Um, Jordan sang um, in, a, in his book, Miracle Work. He says this, um, by ministering the power of the Holy Spirit, we are bringing the order of heaven to earth. No one is lost in heaven. So when kingdom people encounter darkness, they preach truth. There's no poverty in heaven. So when kingdom people encounter darkness, they try to bring justice. There's no oppression in heaven. So when we encounter the demonized and downtrodden, we try to bring deliverance. And there's no sickness in heaven. So when we encounter sickness, we try to bring healing. Jesus commissions his disciples to heal. And then he sends out the 72 to advance the kingdom and to heal. Then after he's raised from the dead, he commissions the people to heal. The bottom line is we need the Holy Spirit's power to do the works of Jesus. So before we come into land, um, I'd really like to get, I've got a slider. John Wimber kind of came up with a, a, a sort of a five-step healing model. Now this, is like, this isn't the only way to do it, of course. Um, it's just a tool to help us, like, where, you know, where do we start when we're trying to pray for healing? Um, so I'll just run through that, and then we'll, we'll go into ministry. So, um, and, it, you know, if this is helpful, then great. But if it isn't, and, you know, that's, that's okay as well. But um, so if, we, if we're praying for someone, um, and uh, we kind of like, right, okay, let's start. Let's, let's pray over you. The, the fir- there's kind of five steps that are quite helpful to go through. The, the first one is the interview. So this is like just putting a bit of language around how to go about it. So um, this is simply just asking, like, what, what, should we, what do you want prayer for? Um, uh, what, and, and looking and seeing what can you see on the natural level um, and also what is God saying on the supernatural level as well. And we can ask God for words of knowledge and discernment and words for that. Remember, it's not like a medical interview. It's just a short, it's just a short thing, just saying, yeah, what can we pray for? Um, and then we move on to the diagnosis. So this is like, this is why, why does that person have the condition? Uh, it might be natural causes, um, it might be disease or um, an accident, uh, or it might be something else. It might be, it might be a, a spiritual thing as well that we need to pray for. It might be um, like a relational problem that, that they've got. Um, so so we, we can, yeah, just, just ask, ask appropriate questions around that. Um, the third is, is prayer selection. So um, that's just around, uh, okay, let's, us, uh, when we're praying, we're thinking about, okay, how are we going to pray? And it might be that we're just going to pray um, healing, um, it, you know, over that person. When we, um, when we pray for healing, we don't need to use long words or we don't need to speak in King James English, uh, thee or thou's. Um, we just need to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. It's as simple as that. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Or we might want to say, um, I, I speak to you, you know, whatever part of the like, body, broken leg, I speak to you broken leg and I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. And that's what we read about, we're taught in Scripture how to do that. Um, we don't need to kind of pray to God like to do the healing because we have the authority through uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, so that's that. And then the prayer engagement, 
Um, generally, like we keep our eyes open, so lay a hand if it's appropriate, lay a hand on that on that body, knee, or shoulder, um, and then if it's a um, yeah, if that's appropriate, and then keeping our eyes open so we can see what God's doing as well, because it might be that that person then starts responding, um, and we can see the Holy Spirit moving. Um, and then when you think it's time to to stop, just you know, you can ask like, what's going on? How what's happening? Um, do you, are you do you feel healing? Uh, should we keep praying? Um, and then at the end, maybe there's some there's a like post prayer direction. Maybe there's something that person can go and do um, after that. Maybe it's like okay, now there's an invitation to go and and pray and spend time with the Lord, um, or maybe they need to go and check it over with a doctor. Might might be that. So just just like five really simple simple steps. Um, sometimes as well, it's it's helpful to say just before you start praying, like, um, how would you, if we sort of use a scale of one to 10, 10 being like super duper painful, like really, really painful right now. Um, one being, oh, I can only just about feel it. Sometimes it's helpful to say, where are you on that scale? And then afterwards at the end, we, or, you know, once we've prayed, we can then say, okay, so are you, is it the same? Has it gone down to like a six or a five? Okay, right. Let's just keep praying. Let's praying, um, pray that it will kind of, you know, go, um, and so that's that's quite helpful. And so and we could pray. Jesus Himself, He prayed on like occasion. He had to pray a couple of times. Um, so so yeah, you can do that too. Um, one of the marks of the great. This is just to finish. One of the marks of the great men and women in both the Bible and the history of the church is that they all wanted to experience more of the Holy Spirit. They wanted more of the Spirit's power. They wanted more of the Spirit's holiness. They wanted more of the Spirit's comfort. They wanted more of the Spirit's love. And how, how is it that so many of us Christians find ourselves drawn into like, things that don't really matter? Um, or we spend so many hours watching stuff on TV that we know just isn't, isn't helpful uh, or just scrolling through social media. Perhaps the reason is that many of us are in the place that the Jewish people were in at the time of the prophets before the coming of Jesus, the drought of the Holy Spirit. Jesus certainly thought it was possible for a Christian believer to gain more of God. Indeed, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus commands us to ask, seek, and knock that we might experience a greater filling with the Holy Spirit. And in Luke eleven thirteen, it says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus is talking to Christians and saying, Son, daughter, ask for more of my Holy Spirit. The disciples who were filled on Pentecost were, were filled and refilled again and again. And we can, um, yeah, we can read it right through the book of Acts. It's impossible to be the woman or man that God intends us to be without more of God in our lives. It's impossible to fulfill Jesus' call to heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the gospel, or do justice without more of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to feel God's love, to know that we are daughters and sons of the living God, and to live in that reality without more of the Holy Spirit. Let's ask God for more. Let's be grateful, but let's not be satisfied with what we have experienced of God. Let's imitate the Apostle Paul, who after a quarter of a century of walking intimately with God, cried out, saying, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. More, more love, more power, Lord, in our lives.
Amen. Should we, um, actually, we're not, initially, we're not going to stand. Um, what I'd love to do, yeah, do you want to come and, yeah. Yeah. I actually, just before we do that, um, I had a picture in worship that I, um, uh, just as soon as I closed my eyes, and it was like the whole of the floor in here was flooded. You know, when you have like a burst pipe or something, and there's like wa- there was water covering the whole floor. And I really felt um, the Lord saying like that the Holy Spirit was for everyone. And that, um, so just before we kind of step into ministry, I really want to encourage you just to press in. That actually, it's easy at this point to kind of step out and say like this isn't for me or this isn't this isn't the bit that I do, um, and just actually to sense that everyone gets their feet wet and everyone gets the opportunity um, to be a part of this. So um, just keep that in mind. Um, So I asked a couple of people before the service just um, if they would mind uh, just asking the Lord um, if there are any words or pictures that they had, particularly around healing. So if those people wanted to just come forward, if they felt like the Lord had given them a word. No, that's fine. Yeah.